We're talking about <laughs> Rammstein this week, right? Nope. Uh, yeah, 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 we are. I mean, I'm not supposed to be here, but yeah, sure. Shh. Who are we going to get to talk to us about Rammstein? Ooh, that's going to be rough. But now that I think about it, I think there's really only one man for the job. Keep it rolling, baby. Oh, that'll do just fine. <laughs> You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 134, Rammstein, with Matt Nas of Roach Coach. Listen to us butcher the German language for the next hour and a half at least. Hosted by Dan Terry. You're like, I, I did not know that was one of the requirements. <laughs> Josh Baldridge. Anybody could speak German. Anybody. And Joseph Wren. I need yes. you to edit these five shows before <laughs> tomorrow. Done. <laughs> Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you love to dance to music you do not understand, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Josh. Matt Nas is here from Roach Coach. Transmissions from the Dark Side matters. The list goes on and on. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Did somebody order something funky? Oh, I didn't know we invited Funky We're Ken not, to this we show. We are not letting Funky Ken into my studio. Ooh, you can't help it. <laughs> oh, my God. Is this what Lauren sees every week? No. <laughs> Lauren every told me this. week. <laughs> Lauren told me this was going to happen. But oh, Thanks for boy. having me back, fellas. Yeah, man. It's just literally every time we're like, let's talk about something weird this week. <laughs> you're, 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 yeah, you're like our number one. You're in our top five. Is top five still a thing? Oh, easily with this discography, sure. Fuck, this, that's a MySpace thing, isn't it? <clears throat> so, what's wrong with MySpace? Whatever. It's a YouTube thing, a Facebook thing, a Tumblr thing. It's a social media thing. I have a top ten list of the worst insert name of thing that you've ever seen. Number three will blow your mind. And your wallet. <laughs> Doctors hate number two. <laughs> and only women can use number nine. Is that why Police they tell you to do a process? <laughs> no. Police don't like that you do number one, but that's they right. can't stop you. <laughs> Uh, we all know our clickbait. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, Rammstein is kind of no stranger to clickbait. I, I feel like they're a band that is out to offend people, but kind of only if you're German, right? Like that that's that's my big thing. Like I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be offended by. Well, it was so I'm I can't wait to get into it because going through all of these albums in a row and kind of taking a look at the history of the band, which I did not do upon any listening prior to getting ready for this show. This band got comedy. Oh, they, yeah. They are taking the piss out of everything. Like, they are really playing with a lot of, like, strong tropes in, like, German aesthetics, like manliness. Like, I think basically almost every single album has something to do with, like, take it easy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like stop stop taking yourself so seriously on the on the manliness edge but then at the same time like the way that they present themselves is like these idols like these burning sweaty oh, they're it's insane i'm so excited to be talking about these guys they are obsessed with fire it's <laughs> yeah. been one of their things for as long as they've been a band and if the story goes the way i was told they just lit themselves on fire one day and thought it was cool. Then somebody said, you can't do that without a license. So the lead singer goes and gets a license. He's a pyrotechnician, 
all of the band members get licenses. They're all pyrotechnicians, and now they light themselves on fire because it's part of the show. <laughs> That's just taking your art so seriously, even though they really don't take themselves as seriously as you would think based on that story. And I think what is so fun about Rammstein is that like the people that get it are like horrifically offended. But then you've got you've got us over here in America that's like, well, it's got some good fucking dance beats going on. <laughs> it's uh, it's metal enough for a guy like me to pay attention to it. And uh, you know, if it, it for me, it's like it's like listening to a horror film, but not like a good one, like not one that's like really scary, but just one that's like. Like it kind of reminds me of like, have you guys, are you guys familiar with like the Hammer horror series? Oh yeah, that's kind of what it reminds me of is that that almost gothic horror that is not afraid to take itself less than seriously. Well, I, I think that's their. I think that is one of the recurring themes of the band, is that they, from the research that I did, you know, the the Richard Crusby was like, hey, I'm, I want to make a band. He comes over to the U.S. and then he's like. I don't want to make an American band. I don't want to make a, you know, like popular music band. I want to make a German band. Yeah. And make like, and it they did it like this. You number one, the name, it, it, like when you don't know how German vowels work. I mean, it is Ramstein. Is it Ramstein? And, and they say it a million times in their albums, like Rammstein. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they say it all the time. They wrote an entire song about it. <laughs> True. <laughs> Multiple songs. <laughs> Rammstein. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, they just, they, they picked what they wanted, and boy, oh boy, did they follow through hard. <laughs> like, they don't half-ass anything. They are running 100% at all times. Even when they like are anthemic, they're still like, oh, you like anthems? Dig this one. This one's called Engel. Was that a great, uh, was that a great dance beat that you guys just heard? You guys know that like the cover of this album has a dead fetus close up on it, right? (laughs) Just wanted to remind you guys that, you know, we're here to make you feel good, but also kind of gross at the same time. Oh my goodness! And you know what's so funny is until I until I read that when I was doing my research, I had no. I just thought it was like a child's face, and well, I'm not wrong. Oh, you are you are not incorrect. Yeah, but oh my god, I just always thought it was just like a creepy picture of a kid. And then whenever I found out the actual backstory of what that was, I was like, oh fuck, come on, guys. Like, uh, and then when they took the pictures of them as a band in like the same like under like oh it's yeah. so gross. So fantastic. The cover of that first album is worth the price of admission alone. But isn't it so German, though? Like, like that's the first thing I think. Like, I, I could see any German band doing. Like, that's a common thing for musicians over there. To be as weird as fucking possible. Well, here's the thing. I think that it was, but I feel like it was a subversion of that. Like, they're like, look at our super... Like, it's like what Matt was saying earlier. It's like, look at how super manly we are on this cover. Like, but you guys get it, right? <laughs> like, you, you, you guys get it? You know, and uh, they, they really hammer this point across that, like... Like, this is what you guys are expecting, and we're going to kind of give you that, but we're going to subvert it at every turn. Right. Like, like, there's an expectation of, like, these shirtless, muscly, sweaty dudes, and then they're like, and we're in a field of flowers. (laughs) Right. And it's, like, completely with intent, completely to have you go, what is going on here? What's going on with this band? Oh, my goodness. Newest single, Deutschland. The lead singer is in drag, because why not? And the fact that we're not surprised by that well, really at this just point, shows that we get it, maybe. 
maybe. Well, we at this point, Till Lindemann can do. He has to go to such lengths to shock you at this point because truly, I mean, he wears fists that shoot flames. <laughs> he puts on angel wings that shoot flames. There's a flame theme. I think you got it. And I feel like no shock rocker could even come close in America. Oh, God, no. Like, we've got our Alice Coopers and Marilyn Mansons and Rob Zombie, and they're just like teddy bears. Nope. In comparison. <laughs> they're like, yeah, we're not touching flamethrowing shit. <laughs> well, and I think it goes back to them being stoically German. Like, there is a coldness to Eastern Bloc Germany that a Westerner can't attain. Like they have a look, a feel that is number one grounded in the reality of which they grew up in. Um, from everything that I read, they they grew up on in East Germany, which was communist Germany, and then the wall fell, and then they formed the band. But it's just like that is incredibly influential. And when you take a look at like all of the like art of the time, all of the stuff that you would have, I propaganda. You know, like the nationalist propaganda that would be there. It is cold and stoic. It really is. It's a, it's a joke I always make. I was like, man, it's it's positively medieval. You know, like it's <laughs> every, everybody is just so stoic and 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 just downtrodden. And it, it reminds me kind of like. So this is weird. So I imagine Germany to be like, and I apologize because I know that we actually have listeners in Germany and they are going to come out in droves after this episode. I always imagine Germany to be like, you know, you know what Charlie Bucket's town was like in the original uh, <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? I know you're going with this. It's like, it's like fucking dark and cloudy everywhere. <laughs> And like nobody's like like a little kid's like fucking uh, you know finding coins like in gutters to buy chocolate you know from a from a candy man and like I feel like that's what it, it was like growing up for these guys <laughs> like like twenty four seven just this dark brooding now they didn't inherit a chocolate factory but you know it's kind so of a letdown this is kind of what happens when you don't live the Charlie Bucket dream and you uh, you grow up in a Germany that is is stoic harsh. But also one of the one of the things that we have to talk about with Germany is that they are also very um, I don't want to say they're a censorship culture, but they definitely don't like you to talk about unpleasant shit like publicly. And There's that's gonna a be specific a set of historical shit that's bad that is outlawed and forbidden and against the law to even discuss. Well, and I'm not even just talking about the Nazi stuff. I'm talking about like they don't like excessive violence in movies or or media of any kind. Or, you, like, you can have that stuff. It's not outright outlawed, but you have to be above a certain age to get it. Like, so, like, a violent film would be more or less treated like pornography is treated in the U.S. You know, where, where it's... We can it, see it on Pornhub, you mean? <laughs> Who let Jeff is. in here? <laughs> like, pornography was treated... Like, like pornography was... Tr- like, uh, like, pornography was treated in the U.S. in the 80s. <laughs> Oh, so it was awesome. Okay, well, gotcha. But I, I guess, I guess, <laughs> gotcha. the, I guess the point that I'm trying to make here is that like they are, they are doing something that immediately is going to get them in trouble with the populace at large in their home country. It's not that there's not German metal bands, but these guys go out of their way. Like it's almost like they've got the fucking book of shit that you're not supposed to talk about, and, and they're they making just sure to keep hit, going. they're making sure to hit every bullet point that's on that list. Well, think of other German bands that we're aware of. Um, Scorpions, Doc, and like they don't write and talk about shit that Ramstein does. So yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? 
when I take a look at the the first album in particular, kind of fo- focusing in on, I'm gonna butcher the German language throughout this. This is my disclaimer. Uh, I took some German, but boy, oh boy, it's going to be embarrassing. So Herzlide. 1995. Uh, when I listen to that album, I'm hearing a band that is, number one, going for it, but doesn't know, doesn't have the full palette of colors yet. You know, when we talked about this album, uh, we never talked about this album on Roach Coach. It's a rare skip for us because it, everybody told us that this one is just straight industrial and uh, it, it it is, um, or Neues Deutsche Hart, uh, <laughs> the new German hardcore. But like when I listen to this album, there's one thing that sticks out in the music, the musicality of it, and that it is a driving march. It is like one, two, dun, 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 step, step, step. It is like unrelenting in in its pace until it gets to like i i think the title track is the one that's the slower one no 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 it's uh hydrate me marry me oh god i didn't take good notes that's discography (laughs) discussion at w actually i uh that's matt nas at roachcoach.com well i wasn't gonna throw him under the bus i mean geez I actually did, strangely enough, but I did not write the translations for the song names down. I didn't either. And hell, I lived in Germany for a time, too. <laughs> I got them in front of me. Um, that I have. Can we just, just say it's awesome? I think we can say that nobody in this room can effectively translate German without no, looking it up. No, not at all. At one million percent. Well, I am definitely rusty. I'm definitely going to butcher this transition. Well, before we talk about Hot Yemen, etwas funky bestalt, I want to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. I'm not going to tell you about five-star reviews. I'm going to tell you guys, but if Dan. you listen to this podcast for a long time, and like we're best friends, right? We're best friends. That's what I tell myself. It helps me go to sleep at night. You guys have heard me give the spiel about leaving us a five-star review, and if you want to do that, you absolutely can do that with whatever five, whatever whatever podcasting app that you use. You can definitely leave us something there. But uh, the most important thing you can be doing for a podcast is sharing it with your friends. If you've got friends that are metalheads and want to hear about the wide variety of bands that we talk about on Discography Discussion, share the episode whenever we post it on Facebook. Share it on Twitter. Share it whatever, wherever you share things, on Discord, um, it really helps us out. It helps us get new listeners. And as time goes on, I'm going to start throwing little perks in. I'm going to rip off of Matt Knox from Roach Coach, and I'm going to find really cool shit to give away to you guys for sharing the episodes. So uh, stay tuned for that. And, of course, you guys can always contribute to our Patreon. Uh, we just want to thank everybody that already contributes to our Patreon. Seriously, you guys made this show not the financial burden that it could be. And now Matt Nas is going to tell us all about Roach Coach, transmissions from the dark side, matters, and anything else he wants to talk about on Gabber Media. Four hours later. Please do. Uh, well, 
if you are interested in new metal in particular and the creation of a new metal canon, meaning best in class new metal, uh, then you should be checking out Roach Coach. Uh, that's Roach Coach, Coach with a K. It is Lauren Kozlowski, Jennifer Bloomer, and myself every week, a different album taking a look at it in depth track by track and deciding whether it goes into the new metal canon transmissions from the dark side is a weekly look at anthology horror uh we have completed tales from the dark side and we are on to monsters uh we're looking at an episode every week each episode is different you don't have to worry about through lines at all and it is super fun. You can find all the podcasts that I'm hosting and part of or producing at gabbermedia.com. I'd like to make one recommendation. What's that? The HP Lovecraft Historical Society just released their Aww. audiobook series of the complete fiction. It has complete original score, complete original reading of the fiction. You need to check that out, and you can find it on Amazon, I think, for like 25 bucks right now. Oh, that sounds awesome. Can I talk a little bit of shit on that collection? If you insist. So I Here have, we go. I have the book, The Complete Fiction of H.P. Lovecraft, and it's not complete because it's missing something. To be clear, they're not reading that book. They produced audiobooks of the complete fiction of H.P. Lovecraft. It's missing two really good stories. It's missing uh, Within the Walls of Eric's, and it is also missing uh, Entombed with the Pharaohs, which was co-written by Harry Houdini himself. So I just feel like that's worth mentioning that like those stories, you kind of have to just find those. Those are not included in any of the HP Lovecraft collections. And I didn't realize this because somebody bought me the complete fiction. And I'm not even kidding. My wife was having a yard sale and she had all my old HP Lovecraft books because she's like, well, I bought him the complete fiction. So I can get I can get rid of all of these <laughs> shitty paperbacks that he has from the 1970s. And uh, literally, like it was like 11 o'clock in the morning, and this lady was looking at like all this Lovecraft stuff. And I was like a four-year-old kid that was trying to have their Buzz Lightyear sold at a yard sale. And I like ran downstairs, and I was like, "Wait, wait! You can't, you can't sell these these two books. I have to take these back with me. They're like falling apart, and the pages are all yellow and shit. And I'm just like, no, 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 no." We, I have to keep these. So I just want to let you guys know that uh, you can still find those stories. Google's a thing. But uh, yeah. That's, what? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but Google? The, 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 the what? Lycos? <laughs> you meant Lycos, right? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Mama.com. Geocities? Alta Vista. Dog, ah. Dogpile.com. Netscape Netscape Navigator CompuServe That's weird They stopped updating that Like 20 years ago But uh yeah, you know, such a bummer I know my right favorite. It was pretty much the best No bookmarks or anything Anyway Joe you can feel free To cut all that out As it has nothing to do With Rammstein I'm definitely leaving that in oh, okay. It kind of does well, You can leave it in I guess It's scary I mean I, I, maybe Rammstein <laughs> Maybe Rammstein talks about <laughs> Talks about HP Lovecraft But I'm not sure No you're, he might say They might We will never know we got a comment on episode 121, Deftones from Shredder to Tigerhawk. Ugh. Oh, Listen no. to the podcast. Slightly amusing, but honestly, it was mostly painful and anger-inducing. <laughs> did you uh, did you see the comment that I left on that whenever he said that? I said, dude, I totally understand, man. If I had to listen to my voice for 45 minutes uh, talking about this band... <laughs> 
To the, which he then responded. He was like, no, 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 it wasn't really that bad. I'm just, you know, I'm just venting here. And I'm like, oh, well, that's cool, dude. Like, whatever. Um, this guy's kind of awesome because he, it's evident that he found the show and then he was listening. He listened to like 20 or 30 episodes all in a row. And I got, oh, I'm sorry. I got his, I got his <laughs> unvarnished thoughts on every single episode like that night, like the night, the night he finished it. Um, but yeah, we actually did have a little bit of blowback on the Deftones episode. Apparently there's a lot of stuff that we didn't include, but keep in mind guys that like we have no problem revisiting a band. Uh, we we did a corn episode like a hundred years ago uh, about all the corn albums. And then, uh, you know, like two years later we had Lauren Kozlowski also from Merch Coach on to talk about corn. And, uh, you know, we, we covered a whole lot of stuff that we didn't cover in the original episode. So uh, if the people demand it, if we have to go back with, uh, if we have to go back on Deftones, we'll do that. But it might take like two years. Still not changing my opinion, but we'll do it. All right. So, Dan, tell me about Rammstein. Or what What, what do you understand about <laughs> Rammstein? <laughs> well, everything that's not German. I do got to say, when I was introduced to this band, the first thing I loved was this dude's vocals. Like, I don't think I can compare his vocal sound or style to anybody that I know of. It's like so stoic and empathetic at the same time. Empathetic? Yeah. Is that a word? Should be a word. It is now. It's a word. I feel like there's a hotline I should call being like, my friend might be a psychopath. Mm-hmm. It's probably common knowledge after some of these uh, comments I've gotten on some of these, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> these episodes. True. The vocals. <laughs> the vocals were cool. That was the first thing that drove me to this band. Well, what I can tell you is that Rammstein, if you didn't know, is a German metal band I'm gonna say metal industrial. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give it to him. Yes. I'm a little bit more purist as as to what is industrial metal and what is just straight industrial. These guys really ride the line in a very satisfying kind of way. Uh, they were formed in Berlin in 1994. They had six dudes in the band, and I mean honestly, they've basically been the same band throughout their throughout their their career. Which I try find really- doing that. Try keeping six people together 20 plus years. No joke. Like, it's like, yes, I found six like minded individuals that are like, yeah, dude, I'm totally down with what we're doing. I love fire. Yeah. I love yeah. fake jizz. I like, I like angel wings. Don't forget Deutschland. Could you even imagine the interview process? Like, okay. Do you like semen? Yes. Do you like flames? Yes. You're rehired. I mean, in like, in like twenty, in what like, a prerequisite. In like twenty six years, nobody found Jesus. Had a had a change of heart, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm pointing at corn here. We're like half the band found Jesus, but like you know, nobody had a change of heart. Like these guys had a vision, and like Matt said so eloquently earlier, they have. That they've always delivered. Like, they have always delivered. Yeah, I, I, I will say it probably a hundred times. If this is what you want, they will give it to you. And they don't half-ass it. And they don't... Like, I, 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 it's hard to explain how a band can give you something so consistently and so well over such a long period of time and still be relevant and good. That is this band's secret sauce. I don't. I think they have all those other elements to help keep it fresh because there was a, we'll talk about it as we get deeper in this discography, a moment where I went, okay, I think I've heard this one before. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, I definitely had that feeling a few times. From what I know about the band's creation, 
they were guys that were in separate bands that started hanging out together and realized they had a similar vision and started making music together. And that was 1995, Herzlied. Nice. Herzlied. There it is. I admit it, this is not the first album I heard by the band. I only know about it because back in 1998, when I started looking into what was Rammstein and what the band was about, their website had the old school splash screen that loaded in flash that played Rammstein over and over in a loop. (laughs) (laughs) That's no joke. Not in 1995 they didn't. I admit this album was new to me in 2006. I had never heard it. The first time I heard this band was Saint Sucked in 1997. I think that's a majority of Western Westerners. Like, it hit the U.S. hard with Du Hast. Absolutely. But and that entire album. Go- that album is a nonstop playlist of hits. We can go straight into it if anybody has anything else to say about Hearts Lead. No, go for it. Oh, I, I got. I do have one thing to say that as a blueprint, Hertz Lead, everything that they do in Hertz Lead tracks to other albums, anthemic choruses, pounding beats, um, electronics, and then slow down songs that allow Till to really emphasize his baritone. Um, oh, you know, yeah. when he's when he's guttural and screaming. I mean, he he can run the. He uses his um, instrument very well, um, and it, he just starts to show it off here. I'm thinking in particular, Seaman or the Sailor, and um, Marry Sorry. Me, and <laughs> the Seaman. I know. My my like, face. Giggity. We're twelve year olds all of a sudden. <laughs> <Giggity>. Seaman. <laughs> Wait till we get to pussy. Oh, I know. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, what a video, guys. What a video. Uh, we'll get there. But I, I really do not want to just blow over it quickly, even though I think in the, their whole canon, in their whole discography, it's probably at the bottom-ish of the list because it's so early in their sound. But all the elements are there. Is this where we got the term dance metal from? That was how they were sold to me in 1997. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, that you know, it's interesting because like industrial to me, you know, the veins of industrial kind of the veins. <laughs> if it's a throb and dig, then the veins go <laughs> throbbing industrial dick. All right. There's throbbing gristle, and then there's everybody else. No, um, <laughs> Like when I heard uh, Duhast, I was already hard in the paint for like Ministry and KMFDM. So like these guys come along and it's like kind of one to one, except that they're singing in German to make them the most successful German speaking band of all time. And I want to emphasize that right now, my biggest criticism of non-English speaking cultures writing western style music specifically every Japanese anime you've ever heard (laughs) they'll do the verse in their native language and then the chorus will be in English Rammstein does not do that except in America a little bit but they're doing it ironically so it's okay the songs are in German the lyrics are in German and they don't break from that can I read my notes on this album? If no. you insist. No. Before we, before we move on from it, because I mean, I kind of enjoyed this one um, being the relic of the past that it is. And what I wrote, and I bear in mind, I wrote this at like four o'clock in the morning. So, you know, it is it is what it is. Um, Keep in mind, everything you're about to say is written about a band that liked lighting themselves on fire, but was not yet authorized to do so. That's awesome. 
Go ahead, Dan. Tell okay. us what you think. Um, I wrote, uh, I wrote, not a classic by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Rammstein would later become far more creative than they are here. While trying to be creepy, they come across more like Bella Lugosi's Dracula than any kind <laughs> of really scary bogeyman. Uh, some cool guitar solos and a more heartfelt slow song is present, which I kind of dug. A very different side of Rammstein. And while I agree with Matt that all the that all of the uh, elements are there, I find it hard to take this album as seriously as I take some of the other ones, if only because it's from 1995. Of course, listening to it in 2019, I'm going to be all like, "Well, this sounds dated as fuck," you know? Like, yeah, you can't you can't get past that. But at the same time, like, it, it definitely like creates the Rammstein experience. I'm not like, I'm not like upset with this album. I don't think that it sucks balls or that it has some kind of like, you you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not a it's not a it's not a dumpster fire like a lot of bands' first albums are. They weren't trying to find themselves here. They were themselves here, but it was 1995. It sounds like a group of guys that were playing in other bands and realized they had a similar vision because it is so well put together and quantized as fuck. Jesus, right? (laughs) (laughs) No. How many times did you guys have to try that out? (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. All right, Joe. Well, we're gonna give you your. We're gonna give you what you want here. We'll talk about the 1997 album that you can pronounce that I'm not gonna pronounce. Sensucked. Sensucked. What? AKA the reason everybody in this country knows about Rammstein. Du hast Berkdisch Engel Sensucked. I'm looking for the other one. And Clavier. Every song that you know about from Rammstein prior to 2005. There are people that listen to Mutter and Reis Reis, but if somebody listens to Rammstein or remembers Rammstein and conversation, they're going to start naming songs from this album. And it's solid as fuck. It's one of those records I listened to, I intentionally did not look up the lyrics, and I felt like I knew what they were getting at. I didn't. So insightful and so wrong at the same time. <laughs> it's also simple. They don't do these overwhelming complex verses that I need to figure out every single word in order to understand. Most of their stuff is punk rock. I was going to say it's the music, man. Like it's the me- that's the music that gets your ass going. I don't give two fucks what he's trying to say. I just want to get up and bop my head. And then go to the club afterwards because it's almost the same You're thing. You're already at the club, yeah, Josh. The, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, think about it, just how heavy that riff is. It's not fast. They're not frantically, you know, it's not thrashy or anything like that. It's just heavy, grunting. Ugh. Ugh. I disagree a little bit. I think this album is very much in the same vein as the first. I think that it is much more serious. Like, it, you can tell that they grew as a band between releases. But I, I also just feel like, I don't know, like the old album was a product of its time, but this album seemed to be more seriously focused, like better samples, better keyboard melodies, vocals were stronger. It has the all-time classic single, Du Host, which, I mean, if your album has fucking Du Host on it, you're pretty much good to go. It doesn't <laughs> matter if the rest of the album is just like fucking fart sounds. Like, Ooh, is that ironic as a German? You're probably... No. Oh, okay. Just checking. No. I, I just uh, I, I just feel like Du Host was such a strong single, and I don't want to say that it overshadows the rest of the album because it definitely doesn't. Like, I, this was... When I was doing my listen-through, I was like, okay, 
The first album was pretty good. The second album's really good. So are they going to continue to impress me as they go, or are they just going to kind of sit in this same, you know, same corner, so to speak? So I did look at the lyrics a little bit more because I, I, I I'm agreeing with you in terms of the you don't need to know a word that he's saying to go on a journey because the band is that good. The music is that melodious and the rhythm of it carries you through. Like you're good. When you do start taking a look at these lyrics, Oh boy. Uh, another world opens up and it is a world that again is a comment on masculinity, major comments on sadomasochism, control, power these are themes that will continually come up in Ramstein's music over and over and over again like the i like Buchdick, it's bend down and it's all like your face is not important to me bend down all fours so it's Jesus. like this but it's about dominance and then what actually happens to the dominator and the dominated like there is a lot of power that happens in these songs where the people who think they have power are then rendered powerless. And I think that's what makes them even more interesting as a band. Like when they did this live, then this is the famous um, this is the famous video where Till would take um, uh, Flake and they, he'd put him in the box. And then he'd pull out the gigantic phallus and then jizz would be spraying everywhere. Oh, yeah. Like, like they would do that, the theatrics and, you know, like, they're like, hey, oh, Alice, Alice Cooper does some stuff. That's cool. Check this out. I'm going to put this guy in a box and I'm going to spray jizz all over the place. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, and like, I think what was really interesting, too, about like Duhast is that like it's so well, there is an English version of this song where they replace the Duhast with You Hate, You Hate Me. But it turns out that Duhast actually translates more accurately as You Have, yes. which the song kind of had more of like a, a play on like marriage, like yes. marriage, like marriage vows. And I thought well, what was weird about that is that like they intentionally mislead the listener in saying You Hate, You Hate Me. And it's even kind of implied that they did it wrong just to, so that they could laugh at the fact that the English-speaking listeners still had no idea what the fuck the song was about. <laughs> I read an interview way back when on an unsighted website. They asked about the English translations, and they said it was basically an experiment to see how our music would translate into English. It doesn't. <laughs> oh, wow. It ruined it for me. I didn't want to know the English side. Which tells me they got pressured from somebody, probably the record label, to easily release yeah. a version that's in English so we can sell it in America. Megadeth's trust, this is not. But it, it, it's it's crazy because Host is it's a homophone, right? Like it's right. It's to have and to hate. And yeah, you're right. It doesn't need to be in English at all. And kind of going back to the original thought, like this is a German band whole cloth 100% and going anywhere else with it is completely inauthentic to the band and I think it does them a big disservice but you got you got a hit on your hands and they're like we think it would play better if you do this and I don't want to do that we'll give you a bucket of money well let's at least say, see how it goes <laughs> and they never did it again no they, they never did. had to they did no, which one did they do well, in English? Well, with Pussy, they did. They they just did the, the chorus in English. But that's written right. that way. 
That's yeah, no. not a re-record and that we translated well, badly and sang because well, we can. Well, that's true. But like in America, you know, um, I, I don't know, like in the song America, he's all like, it's all good in America. It's, you know, like we're not at that album yet, but like. It, that song's ironic. Yeah. I don't know. They, they did a couple of other English things, which I thought was funny because they said that they would never go non-German. Uh, it wasn't America about how everything I'm just you guys is know America. That, you, know, you said a thing, and then I you find out that you didn't do the thing that you said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure everybody in the band is all like, "Oh fuck, that Dan Terry guy's got a point." Of course they are. Yeah, they're they're definitely listening to this, so you know they will be manners, guys. And then I think there's the Spiel mit me uh, or mit mir, which is about incest. Yeah, um, yeah, it's good times, guys. There's a lot of good times. <laughs> fuck. Oh my god! <laughs> In Rammstein lyrics. Well, well, what else are they going to write about? Unicorns and ponies? I mean, they could. We wouldn't know. That's true. As long as he sings it in that key in that manner, fuck, you could have sing about unicorns and all. I'll headbang with them. Matt, I mean, have you fine. seen the film Old Boy? <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Have I seen it? I I have only heard about it. I have never seen it, and that's me. Not trying to be cool and lying we'll talk to you. after the show. So we need to have, right. we need to have Matt Nas on the uh, episode of Movie Mosh where we watch Old Boy. Which one, the original or the remake? Oh, definitely the original. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing. We'll check. It I out. mean, don't if you if you want to have a good night. I understand that. And then last last note from me is like they have the brutality up front of like a of a Duhast or of a, a Buchdi. And then they back it up with the clavier, which is like this beautiful song all about tying your girlfriend to a piano until she dies. I mean, I mean, this has to happen, though. It's happened to everyone, right? I think so. We've all been there. Rammstein, to me, incorporates a lot of elements of a Grimm's fairy tale into their music. Like they they definitely like I think till because of his voice ends up being a narrator or taking on a persona uh, in a lot of his songs and it can't help but be dark like what is he gonna be if he did be like the puppy dogs (laughs) he would be like no stop it i don't buy this yeah (laughs) yeah totally the three little pigs the first I, though I do want to, I do want to hear that now. Nursery Rhymes by Rammstein. <laughs> oh, I, I'd, I'd download that album. <laughs> Two thousand and one, Mutar. This is I, I in my head notes. I was like, it all comes together on this one. Like, yes, from a North American standpoint, Sainzuk has hits, but as an album, Mutar is the shit. It's a masterpiece, dude. Like, through and through, this is the one. So, like, when I was... I, I listened to most of these albums in the last two days. This was the only one that I listened to twice. I got to the end, and I was all like, ah, fuck it, we'll start over. <laughs> this you is know. when they started recording with strange techniques of, I'm going to get my heart rate to match the fucking tempo and play exactly <laughs> the speed that my heart is going because I want to feel the music. I think this was the first time I could really hear acoustic drums, which I don't complain about saying sucked or hurts laid, no. but it's nice to hear the guy who's back there doing the job actually doing the job. This album resolve it, resolves itself. I didn't realize uh, that it did this, um, but it's, it's a really cool technique that uh, the album was on repeat when it was going, 
and uh, Nabel finishes and it doesn't resolve and it resolves with the first note of Meinhardt's Brent. And I was like, you fuckers, you did it. <laughs> you made a circular album. They did. They made a circular album. It's it's really great. <laughs> there is a, I'm so hokey with my praise, but it's like fucking uh, Links, Spide, Dry, Fear, Sona, Ickville, Feuer Fry, Mutter, Spieler, like it's it's like hit 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 i did have a problem when we covered it in roach coach that i didn't have so much this time they do play into that till as evil leprechaun like yeah yeah i'm on the outside looking in tie and silent for the film like (laughs) i feel like on the other albums he was very much like the zang heath just because I'm bad guy doesn't mean I'm bad guy. This album, he's like, I'm bad guy. Like, 100%. Like, just in the way he delivers. It's like I said, I have no idea what the fuck he's saying. But it's one of those, like, he he, he he dominates in a way that's like, look at how fucking evil I am. Which is not a concept that we're unfamiliar with on the show. But it's definitely, um, I, feel like, I feel like musically, they went in a much more metal direction on this album. And because yes. they added orchestral elements in, but it wasn't it wasn't quite as industrial uh, as the older releases. Like you still have those elements in there, but they're they're downplayed some somewhat, uh, and they're really obsessed with these like. And I have no other really I have really no other reference point to put it, but like the skillet orchestral arrangements that are in it. Obviously, this band is a hundred times better than that band, but like it, it's it's funny that they they focus on that. And the music underneath it is just more straight ahead, like metal riffs, like like just 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 heavier, heavier. I don't want to even say thrashy. It's not even new metal. It's 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 Rammstein metal, right? So like they they, they do what they do the way they do it. Um, but I think that the industrial elements are downplayed. But when they are there, they're very much on point. And I did make a note in my I did make a note that at this point they are starting to actually be a little unnerving to listen to. Like the creepiness that they're going for is actually more front and center than it has ever been. Yeah, I, I it's hard to argue that when you take a look at some of the subject matter of the songs. To back you up there, when I listened to Zane Zucht, I could then I could go back and forth between a KMFDM album and this one, and there would be rhythmic repeat repetitions that are happening song styles like the the way that the song is laid out nearly being identical when you get to Mooter they are in another place they're going somewhere else with it it isn't that tried and true industrial sound it's much more them making what will be and will carry into the next three albums the Rammstein sound like it really is like like, uh, Sona is not a fast song but it has such pomp and power behind it. Like when you hear it and he's like, you're like, hold, can any other band do it like this? Because no other band would do straight baritone in German. Name one, name one. (laughs) They have a corner market. But that's, that's the weird thing about the German-ness of this band allows them to do something preposterous. Seriously. Like, and I know that sounds like a backhanded compliment and I don't mean it to be because they are in uh, like the Western mind, like they're German and Germans are 
round pegs and square holes or whatever the fucking saying is, but like they are the this people, you know, they have they have this thing about them and here they are looking the part and then being like here comes the sun <laughs> like <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and it and it works because even though it's tongue in cheek they do not fucking wink ever in, until pussy but like they don't <laughs> they don't really wink they don't really go like no this is a joke haha they're like if you get it good if you don't good it's almost like it's funny to them that we don't get it it's metal but it's punk they're just proud of being german so they're german i could sing this chorus in english or i could sing it in german i'm gonna sing it in german why would you do that because i'm german and we're a german band and the world's gonna love us because we're a german band have you heard the german bond (laughs) (laughs) springtime for hitler my friends would you say that would you say that rammstein is a is a prowler favorite they have so many prowler tracks right (laughs) yeah baby you know i'm out here in the bushes there again i'm gonna come back to the dynamics of the band they which i don't even know if i've mentioned so i'm glad i said again but the dynamics of the band they play into so hard but they really clearly defined in this album like they do loud quiet loud but they do like refined creepy into like totally in your face and i'm like in the next album they do probably one of their grossest songs um but like these these are all winners <laughs> you know? 2004 rice rice all right let's talk about mine tail let's just dive right let's in talk about let's get out of the way <laughs> when um when i told uh people that know that that aren't in roach coach i i have other friends um, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do Matt's a podcast. A person. I am a person. <laughs> I'm fully rounded. And I was like, um, yeah, I'm listening to all the Rammstein albums. And they're like, oh. They have more like, than one? No. <laughs> well, there was a little bit of that. And I was just like, yeah, I'm listening to Mind Till right now. Uh, Mind Tile. And, or my part. And I was like, uh, yeah, it's it's about a cannibal. <laughs> it's about, and then uh, when he does it live, he, he looks like a chef <laughs> with, a, with a pot of human parts. Oh, fuck. The keyboardist comes down from his fucking perch treadmill and <laughs> sits in the pot and yeah. ducks like, when the flamethrower like, comes out. Oh, my God. Fuck. Okay. Wow. Great, oh. great live show, right? <laughs> The best live I know, show. Right? It's a fucking great show. Well, I have to. I have to talk about what this album is about, like thematically, and it is about it. It is about a airplane crash from Japanese Airlines Flight One Two Three on August twelfth, nineteen eighty five. Twelve minutes into its flight, the Boeing seven forty seven suffered an explosive decompression due to failure of its rear pressure bulkhead. Caused by a faulty repair seven years earlier. Fucking repair, guys. That's me. Like, that's that's on me, probably. The explosion tore off most of the aircraft's vertical stabilizer and ruptured all four of the hydraulic systems, causing the loss of all flight control services and rendering the aircraft uncontrollable. The pilots fought to keep the aircraft aloft for nearly 32 minutes, 
but eventually became trapped in the towering mountain ranges surrounding Mount Fuji and crashed, killing 520 out of 524 passengers and crew on board. It remains the deadliest single aircraft disaster in history. Some pressings of the album contain a recording of the last 30 seconds of the flight as an Easter egg. Fucking goddamn. Surprise. Why would you include that on your album? <laughs> because it's Rammstein. I don't give a shit. It's fucking... It's fucking... <laughs> it's the sound of real people dying. Like, I... I oh. That's the only time where, like, you, you guys are going to start seeing my Christian upbringing come, come out. Like, it's literally like, fuck, guys. Like, you kind of crossed a line on that one. Hey, Dan, you think it's okay because to use these clips of the Jonestown death on the next album? No, it's not okay. <laughs> it's not okay to listen to real people dying on audio. And that's just my opinion. But, like, I just... The issue I have with it, and it's not even an issue, and it, it plays into Rammstein so well in that they I don't know if they're like wow this was a terrible disaster or if they're like hey guys this is a terrible disaster <laughs> it's funny but, right because it really happened but I don't know I don't know if they necessarily mean it to be funny but they focus on it so much so like I actually I have the CD of this and so when I when I put the CD in the first 30 seconds of the CD is like actual like you can hear the pilots talking to the passengers and then you know at the end of it you get that easter egg where it's like the last 30 seconds and i'm just like fuck guys like did you go too far here and i, I don't know like again that's me just looking at it from a moralistic perspective and that is totally the wrong perspective to have when talking about this band i think this band is notorious for bringing what they consider to be real issues to the forefront of their music and their performance. So it might seem fucked up. It definitely is from a concept standpoint. But now people are aware of the thing that they're talking about. There was a recent event where two guys made out on stage because they were taking a stand against discrimination of gays. That's not the same thing that was like having audio clips of real people dying. Because, like, I mean, you know, two guys want to make yeah. a statement about gay rights. Power to them. But, like, this is not a statement. It's kind of like, um, you know, like, the so there's this Johnny Cash song called um, I Hung My Head. I don't know if you guys have heard that song before, but it's about a guy who he's just, like, he has a gun or he has a rifle that somebody gave him, and he's just aiming it everywhere. And he's aiming it at a guy riding on a horse, and he it accidentally goes off and shoots the guy dead on the horse and then the guy ends up getting hung for um he ends up getting hung from for murder basically because he didn't really have a good excuse as to why this happened and um i feel like it's just one of those like like to me that's like a random a random pointless song about death and i feel like rammstein on this album is taking that same concept but applying it to real life and it's it's not necessarily that i'm like super opposed to it because like the music critic listens to me the music critic in me listens to it and i'm like well there's a banger there's a banger right there's a banger you know so it's it's i'm definitely of two minds about it because i like i feel like like musically they keep the metal sound front and center on this album um they're they're fully in their own as far as having the rammstein sound the strength relies on expanding that sound and adding more modern updates to it um and there are songs on it like america and moscow that have like political satire to it but it's weird that like you can have a conscience in political satire 
but not necessarily have a conscience in dealing with like the deaths of real people. Like maybe I'm in the minority. I'd, I'd love to hear your guys' opinions on on this. I don't. I well, we didn't talk about it, but the cover of Mooter is uh, a dead baby. Um, so I don't think it's outside of their wheelhouse to do things that are taboo, and that certainly is taboo. Um, I understand. I understand your points on it because it isn't what I want to hear. I never, you know, like there's that part of Grizzly Man uh, where Werner Herzog has the tape, and he's like, "I can play the tape in the documentary," and he's like, "I don't want to." And then it was later leaked to the public. I yeah, never, like, I never listened to it. That was definitely a part of the movie I had trouble stomaching myself. Where like I totally agreed with what his decision was. He's like, you know what? I'm, I'm just not going to play it for you guys. Right. But he gives it to his girlfriend, and it's like it is up to you. I can't make your decision for you. Um, with 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 Rammstein, to include it isn't far off. It doesn't feel like a crazy move. You know what I mean? For them to do that. Do I not like it? Well, that that's more on me, right? And I think that's probably why they do things like that is because they do kind of they're just like, uh, here's atrocity. What are you what are you gonna do? Right. No, I, I get it. Like from a from an artistic perspective, I, I understand it. I just don't necessarily it's not what I would have done, which isn't relevant really to this podcast. But like it's it, it's just I feel like this was the only time where us trying to be like somebody trying to be controversial supersedes i i don't know like i i don't know i don't really have a leg to stand on though because like i've listened to like the jonestown massacre death tape you know like i think we all have out of some sort of morbid curiosity um when but you're it's friends also, with dan terry but it's also hey joe listen to this what is it don't <laughs> worry about it but i i think it was just um it's weird that I would bring morals up on, on, on the podcast, and I apologize for that if this is, like, dragging the discussion down for anybody. But, like, I just feel like it needs to be mentioned that I, I do feel like the band kind of crossed a line here. And whenever I go to music for enjoyment, the concept of, like, real people dying in a plane crash really, you know, I can't I can't with a good conscience be like, yeah, thumbs up, buddy. <laughs> like, this well, is great. You- you know, in a much lesser extent, um, when I think of the Marshall Mathers LP and the song Kim, I'm, I always skip that one because I don't want to hear that. <laughs> but I, I understand wh- why he did that to bookend um, Bonnie and Clyde 97. But at the same time, for me, it's like, well, I never, ever need to hear this ever I think I, th- I think we're being a dead horse at this point. We, we are, we are. I'm sorry. It's just uh, Rammstein notoriously. Cool track. <laughs> Rammstein notoriously takes real world issues and puts them in front of people so that they can be consumed, discussed. I don't know what they were trying to say by putting a tragedy in front of everyone's face, but I think it was tragedies actually happen. And we don't think you're paying attention or accepting to the fact that they still happen. So before you forget, let's remind you of that. That's all I can say about it. I, th- I think that's a great point. I think when I think about, I mean, you don't have to look far back into German history uh, to see atrocity, right? To see terrible things. And there is, to I think Dan's point earlier, a lot of repression in Germany about things that have occurred whether and not just nazis i mean there's there's there is a pullback 
culturally. And here's Rammstein, who doesn't pull back, who talks about a German serial killer that was a cannibal, who talks about you know incest, who talks about you know murder and death and darkness and things like that. With fucking riffs, son. Right? <laughs> I'm offended, but it's a banger. Yeah. <laughs> Can't say they're not consistent, that's for sure. It, one million percent true. But can we all agree this was a great record for Rammstein? Like, I mean, it, it pushed their it pushed their sound forward. I think it solidifies exactly what they did on Mooder, and it expands on it. I think America is perfect finger-pointing at the pervasiveness of American culture in the world. Um, I think I do. I mean, we've talked about it as gross, but Mind Tail is a banger. Or Mind Tail is a banger. It's fucking killer. Rise of Rise is a great track. Onadish is a great track. There's, uh, it's filled with great songs. I loved America the first time I heard it. It was being played at 6.30 in the morning on our local alternative rock station at the time, 105.7 The Point. I immediately said, this is not a happy song about America, but you're playing it because you think it is. It's a <laughs> protest about Western culture forcibly being pushed into Eastern culture. My first visual was African countries less fortunate by our Western definition being sent old t-shirts because charity, we need people to have clothes. And I had seen it as recently, this was 2004, mind you, I had seen it as recently as one week prior. Here's a group of African people considered by most to be not as up to date. What's the word for that? When you're living in a tribe for hundreds of years and haven't updated. Whatever they consider to be traditional, but somebody's wearing a t-shirt that says 90210 on it because someone donated it. And that was my first visual. Then I saw the video for the song and said, this is exactly what it is. They're making fun of the fact that Everyone is consuming Western culture. It wasn't so much that it was being forced on them, but that it was being consumed. And we still have our roots. We still have our traditions, our history. I don't think it was specifically Germany, but to the rest of the world. Hey, just so you know, America's not the only future. We still have our past. That's deep, Joe. That's it was deep. really deep, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thank That's you. Deep. <laughs> deep thoughts so, by Joe. So deep. And I don't even speak German that well. Well, no. I've, I, I've said a few times, like, America's number one export is cool. You oh. know what I mean? Like, like it's it's culture. It's, it's things that people like. But, yeah, to have a stance against it, to be like, wait a minute, that doesn't diminish your own culture. Yeah, totally. You, you're right, though. It's like everybody wears sunglasses in America. But <laughs> Uh, yeah, like <laughs> I'll use my credit card. The shout out to the Yu-Gi-Oh, <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, a bridge series. Uh, <laughs> wow, dude! Yeah, I'm going. I'm going real far back in my YouTube holes on that one. Well, we got we got to get through this though, guys. Uh, 2005, so Rosenrat. This was the one where I was like, Meh. <laughs> it's yeah. still Ramstein, but. I feel that this, of all the records, is the most samey. And, you know, when you find out that it's like half B-sides, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. 
I could see why these didn't go on the last album. Why? Um, and it's so close to Riza Riza. In I think it's just a year later, so it's not like it just feels like a retread. It's not bad, but it is not the best. Yeah, and I, I put down when I listen to this uh, strong start. Uh, Benzin is fucking great and really gets you in the mood for this album. Stylistically, though, this album is very much like the previous and coming out only a year later. This makes sense considering that six of the songs of the album were B-sides from the previous album. Um, and the, this album was actually supposed to be an actual sequel to the previous album. Um, but despite a few heavy songs overall, the pace of, the, the pace of this album is slower and focuses more on the build-up type songs or just slower dirges in general. So to, to, yeah. to repeat something that I say all the time on this show, it set, the first track sets you up for an experience that you're not going to get. Yep. Ah, so it's Reload. It Very much like Reload, it's yes. It's Reload, okay. Got it. It does it. it yeah, <laughs> right to check it, can't cash. Right. Fixer was great. I don't know what you were talking about. Yeah, you're Joe. Jesus. <laughs> but truly to have number five, or was that number four? No, it's number five, because it's... Yeah, it's five. Five and oh five. To be a, a, and it's not woefully terrible. It's just a bit of a misstep. It's not up to time. their standards that you're that you've heard previous albums. Yeah. I wonder if this is another example of it's 2005 and we recorded digitally for the first time, but nobody knows how to handle that really <laughs> yet. I don't know. Zesterin was a really cool song. <laughs> Benzin is good. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, but um, Man Gigan Man, that's good. There's good songs on it, but yeah, I think it gets woefully ballady in the second half, and it doesn't have enough to really pull you out of it. They're too obsessed with the whole build up, build up, build up, build up, and then there's like a little bit of a heavy climax, giggity, uh, you know, <laughs> in, 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 at the end of the songs. And like, that's cool, but like, I don't know, like, there's other Rammstein songs on other albums that like just get to the point a lot quicker. Exactly. When you're when you're dealing with a five minute song and you know exactly what the song is at minute three, yeah, and they do that three times on the record, you're like, okay, cool but I'm good. What else you got? Yeah. Like. Well, it's B-side, so, I mean, what's the point of even putting out an album at this point? If you don't have good enough material, why use the leftover shit from previous albums? Well, yeah, and if, if, the, if the original album, or the first album was about a plane crash, and then this is going to be the sequel, what's the sequel to a fucking plane crash? The a afterlife? Does the, yeah, yeah does, the, does the plane, like, come back to life? Or like, Well, Dan, then, let me introduce you to a friend of mine again? called Lord Xenu. Oh, fuck you. But like, basically, <laughs> like, it's it's just, it's an album that exists, but we are going to give it the discography discussion free pass, where it's like every band puts out that album, where yeah. it's it's not as great as what they've done before, but if this was the first Rammstein album you heard, you're still getting the Rammstein experience. Yeah. You're just maybe not getting it as brutal as you maybe you'd had it before. But honestly, I don't really have as much of a problem with this record as much as I have with the next one. <laughs> really? Do tell, Dan. 2009. Liba Isht. Für alle da. I'm going to read my notes. Nice. And then you guys can can go off that. No, I think we're just going to end it on you on this no. one. <laughs> no, I, okay. So... <laughs> I wrote, Love is there for everyone. Track eight is called Pussy. I wrote... Get it, Dan. If you thought the last two Rammstein albums were too serious, <laughs> then this is the album for you. Although this album does have a few bangers on it, like Wade Man's Heil or Huntman's Hello, 
Uh, the biggest single is basically a joke song called Pussy featuring English lyrics to boil down to, you have a pussy, I have a dick, what's the problem? Let's do this quickly. I can't get laid in Germany. And uh, no, those are the actual lyrics. I have been to Chicago many times. <laughs> many times. Pretty funny, actually, and it does feature a pretty pornographic music video to go with it. Way pornographic. Oh, my God. 100% porno video. It's funny, too, because like I, I tried pulling it up on YouTube first. You porn. Check and I, you porn. I ended up having to go to like Pornhub to find it. It actually exactly. is on Pornhub. It is. Wow, dude. It really? Is. Not. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and you know, I said this album got them in tons and tons of trouble in their yes. home country. Whoops. Honestly, didn't care for this album nearly as much as the previous two. I'm just devoid of a sense of humor sometimes. And uh, even the heavy songs don't really hit as hard as I feel like they should. Everything sounds kind of weak, and I know the band is capable of being weirder, scarier, and heavier than this. I thought it was the last, the, like, of the of the 11 songs, and I know that there is uh, four bonus tracks that Correct. come with it, yeah. um, which I wish I would have realized they were bonus tracks and stopped at 11. Because um, <laughs> I was like, this is killing me. Are they really bonus tracks if they come on the original album? I know I would, but it's like, and they're redundant. Like it's some, uh, not too much to say there. Uh, they come out the gate swinging hard. And I'm like, I love this one. Return to form. Boys are back in town. They did it again. And then we get to pussy and I'm like, all right, I see what you're doing. Pretty funny. And then, uh, Liebe is for Alada. And I'm like, eh, eh, yeah, uh, Rotorzond, um, it kind of just winds down. Yeah. And that's okay because they still have enough trademark Rammstein songs to pull me through. And at the same time, we're going back to Mooder because we know we're going back to Mooder. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, we want this to be an international hit. We want this album to deliver what we think the fans of Rammstein want. And I think largely they do that. Because, like, I have to make a distinction between what we do on this show versus what the general populace thinks. And I think I think the general populace or, or, or the, the hardcore fans of Rammstein, they're, they're fine with this. But me, like, I, I listen to an album like... I, I, I listen to an album like Rise, Rise, or Reese, or Reese. I, I don't know how... I'm not German. Reese's Reese's. Um, Reese's. Reese's. Whatever. That's like a really fucking serious album that actually like offended me, which makes it far more profound than I can't get laid in Germany. <laughs> you Fair know, enough. and it's like, dude, you guys are from Rammstein. I'm pretty sure you guys don't have a problem getting laid. Are they just running out of ideas at this point? That's the whole point of the song. Right. They're well, celebrities everywhere else except Germany. But in Germany, I'm just another one of everyone. It's just like. Yeah, so our our way of being rebellious, see, see we, we crossed the line before by including, like, footage of, or, like, audio clips of people dying in real time, but now the offensive thing is sex. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess sex is offensive to some people, but I mean, you know, this is, this is, uh, this is fucking 2009, you know, like, I think bands like Infinite Annihilator are a thing now, you know, so, like, it doesn't it doesn't hit me with the oh my god 
I have to admit, this video did make me feel that way. Like, I was like, <laughs> I, I have it like since I was like 14. I have never watched a music video like this and then felt like as soon as I heard a noise in the house, fucking minimized the window immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I'm an adult, like, I shouldn't have to worry about that. Dan's like, I watch it in my bathroom downstairs just to make sure no one catches me. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Yeah, dude, seriously. Why is the MacBook so sticky? It's uh, it's not sticky, in case anybody wants to know. I can... I can not anymore. I can... Blah, 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 yeah, all over the... Yeah, Clickety-click. All right, that's the end of that conversation. So, but, like, <laughs> I, I definitely... Um, I definitely feel like this was them being like, eh? Eh? You get it? You guys get it? It's, it's fucking funny. And, and I have to give him credit. It is funny. But it's it's not what I want. You can do better. Yeah. I, I get that. I liked for the first time that they did kind of wink. They've been so serious. And now they're like, surprise. <laughs> it's so <laughs> yeah. Rammstein of a thing to do. It really it is such them. <laughs> and then they're like, by the way, after this record, we're going to disappear for 10 years. And goddamn, they disappeared for 10 years. What the fuck happened, guys? All right, Josh, we're going to play that game again. It's 2019. Rammstein's putting on a new album. What's the title going to be? I'm going to take Show Me Rammstein. 2019. Will the judges accept that? Because it's actually not titled at all. No, but it's going to be. Or it's going to be a color album. It's the red album. I think everybody took it as self-titled. That's what I would have. Unless you want to call it Matchstick. Ooh. Well, I wrote in my notes that it was untitled 2019 because Here we go. I mean, Corn put out an untitled album, and you can't say that that's like you know you don't want to mix that up with the self-titled. But Rammstein also doesn't have a self-titled album, so here we are. You out there as the fan can pick what you want it to be. All I know is earlier this year a video showed up for Deutschland, and I could not <laughs> look away. I subscribe to Google Play Music. Rammstein is sorely missing from that service. Thankfully, I have all these albums. In my car, driving to work, all I could say was play it on YouTube, and it looped for at least five days. All I was waiting for was the new album, because I didn't believe in 2019 Rammstein could still do what they did back in 2004. And they're still lighting themselves on fire. They're still doing weird shit to make sure their heart rate synchronizes with the tempo of the song. And it still sounds fucking brutal as fuck. The yeah, boys yeah. done it again. What <laughs> a fucking run of songs from track one to six. Like, they're off to the races on this record. I, I loved Deutschland, uh, Radio... Zagdish, Auslander, Zex, Puppe. You're better off saying what I didn't like, which was nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a better way to describe it. Like, they did it again. They made a... And I love that they're like, we do 11 tracks. Like, hey, uh, how many how many songs are going to be on this record? Uh, 11. We're going to give you 11. Which, to me, is like perfect. Like, that's the perfect length. I, anything over 11, I start going like, oh, it's not respectful of our time. <laughs> no doubt. I'm glad you said that. Joe does not allow me to say that on the show. <laughs> Dan's um, not allowed to steal your material, like, Matt. I'm not going to edit that out. <laughs> I Yeah, so... I, I wrote in my notes on this album, if you take all six of the previous Rammstein albums and put them into a blender and then add in some modern production sheen, you get the untitled Rammstein album. There's nothing not to like on this album. I do feel like it's the most safe album the band's put out. Return to form, go with tried and true, 
it comes back to my statement of like if this is what you're looking for here it is and you don't go like it's you don't i never think with rammstein this is derivative of rammstein it's like no yeah this is just rammstein period <laughs> this is what they do and they do it well and they do it fucking well jesus yeah and i even wrote like but on the flip side you can't be gone for 10 fucking years and put out something totally different than what fans are expecting. So it's the smartest thing they could have done by kind of just playing into what they normally do. Mm-hmm. Because the more modern sound, I enjoy the electronic programming more than any other release. It's a strong yep. return for the band, and hopefully this means they will keep pushing forward. Because, like, I don't expect the next Rammstein album to sound like this. You're assuming there is another Rammstein album. Oh, there's going to be another fucking Rammstein. I mean, this this is fucking, this is... Maybe this, this is, is where they're right up into the sunset. This is blowing up all over the place, dude. Well, the, it was number one, wasn't it? Like, they yeah. truly scored number ones, like, on multiple charts. This is how they go out. Totally, dude. They, they fucking returned in the finest fashion that they could have returned. If they if they were to go out, what a note to go out on. Exactly. I I think for them, you know, like with the sales and the success that they've had and the touring success that they've had, as long as the six of them are able to stay together and play, I think they do it for as long as they can. You know, I, I really think they took that six years to kind of get every side project that they wanted to do out of their system. I mean, Till did like seven of them again. He was on everything. I didn't listen to all of it, but yeah, he was on a lot of shit. I want to give them some credit, though. One of the reasons they have such longevity with the same group of people is when one guy says, I need to take a break, the band takes a break. They don't argue. They don't go on tour with a replacement temporary guitarist. They just say, okay, that's fine. You go do your thing, get better, and when you're ready, come on back. Yeah, but who we'll could step again. in? Who could step in and replace them? I think that's why I don't think you could have people come in and do what they do. Not at all. I think they, I, all. I feel like right. they almost have to. You, he, that's that has to be their mentality. No one's going to come in and take the place or fill the shoes of anybody in that band. And like we said at the at the beginning, the fact that you had six of these guys together for this fucking long, let alone six minutes like every other band, is a, a testament to them as, as individuals. I can't yeah, so want to talk about 20, testament. I know. I know. <laughs> you're not. Re- yeah, it, flake irreplaceable. Till exactly. You. you <clears throat> nope. Uh, Richard Crispy. You gonna re- you gonna try to replace Crispy? Uh, you're gonna fail. Yeah, no. They they are they are whole cloth. You get all of them, and you get none of them. Damn it, and that's the way it should be with this great with that band. Could you imagine Ramstein with a different vocalist or a different guitarist or any any of that aspects? I'd rather not. Exactly. So why fuck with it the idea? It doesn't work. It, it wouldn't. You're right. It wouldn't at all. I think, I, and it goes back to this is a German band. It could only be these six guys that had this experience. They're all like the same age. <laughs> like they all lived through the same ish shit. I don't know. That like Charlie, that, that fucking course. Charlie Bucket wasteland, right? <laughs> right. That's Dan that, Terry. Disgu- <laughs> that brutalist nightmare that was Berlin. Absolutely. In, in East Berlin. Our German fans like, that son of a bitch. <laughs> I love this quote. I don't want to be another kiss where people talk about makeup and stuff like that. And no one talks about the music. Richard Z. Crusby. Fuck yeah. Well, we just talked about your music for a long ass time. <laughs> yeah, we did. We, we like basically got there. We found our way home. Yeah, absolutely. Final thoughts on Rammstein. Josh. I don't think there's a band quite like them to compare them to. They are unique in their own right. Because they're a band that you have no fucking clue what they're saying. Like, 
damn it, do I want to flip cars when I listen to them. I mean, you got you to gotta listen to them. I, like, they're just so unique and such a cool sound. And it's not played to, you know, the American crowd. They, like, like we've said before, they do this shit the way they want to do it. And it works well for them. It's not a style that can be copied. Dan, what about you? Well, I mean, it's 2019. If you haven't heard of Rammstein by now, like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> Get out of your box. <laughs> I think it's cool. Like, I'm really into, I'm really into, like, industrial metal bands like Circle of Dust, which, which like, really brought the, the metal side of it. And while I don't think that Rammstein always brings the metal side of it, they fucking do what they do so well that, like, their influence can't be denied on the genre. Like, I, I do feel like there are bands that have taken what Rammstein did and expanded on it better. But, like, how much better, really? Like, the German aspect of it adds so much to it. Like, I'm going to be more intrigued by what Rammstein is doing than like what ex-American industrial metal band is doing because like, pro- like prodigy well no but like honestly like I I enjoy fucking uh Rammstein more than I enjoy like uh ministry Ooh, and like we okay. d- we did a ministry episode uh back in December and you know I admitted that like yeah like I like pretty much everything up to Psalm 69 but then like there you go after you that yeah but the, like you after that on is a different band that I'm not into as much totally totally and like it's not that I think that ministry is bad but like what Rammstein does like it it makes so much sense they are incredibly metal but incredibly danceable. <laughs> and, you know, somebody in my weight bracket probably, you know, wouldn't relate to that, but, like, I fucking dance to Rammstein. There aren't any other bands that I'll fucking dance to. And so in, in that regard, I think that they're one of the finest examples of this style. And whether you want to be modern or, or, or not, I think that their influence on the genre can't be denied. And I think that if you have never checked it out because you were worried about the language barrier or you were worried about like, you know, like it not being as heavy as like something else. Like who cares? Like this band is an inhibitions free sort of experience and you're missing out if you haven't checked it out. I think Rammstein is a band that got a lot of credit in the late nineties, early two thousands for being German. And that's where everybody stopped. I don't know another band that has this much substance to a person that does not speak the native language of the band that doesn't understand directly what the songs are about, but I get what they're going for. It's metal. It has a beat. It was called dance metal because nobody knew what else to call it, but it's good. I like the way it sounds. I like the way it makes me feel. It's a different sound, especially in 2019, to anything that is currently popular in metal on this side of the planet. Matt Nas, final thoughts on Rammstein. What a fucking delight to listen to these guys. Uh, The whole discography opened my eyes to kind of a band that I hadn't given full time to. Um, Longtime listeners of Roach Coach will know that I was way into industrial and um, kind of electro-industrial music, but Rammstein kind of fell on that outskirts. Um, so hearing this, it was like, well, number one, I wasted a lot of time not listening to Rammstein and, uh, they're, they're great. They're just a great band. There isn't too much more. I don't want to put too much else on it. Like, God, they're good. They're good. They know what they're doing. 
like I said at the beginning, they got jokes. Like this is a band that is like willing to push boundaries, push buttons, and then put themselves out there and be like, I can't get laid in Germany, but how about here, baby? Is that cool? <laughs> we love America. <laughs> we love America. And, uh, McDonald's, uh, Popeyes, chicken sandwich. Let's Santa do it. Santa Claus. Right. Like they are so aware almost hyper aware of who they are and where they are and they exploit that to the nth degree and i admire that uh, i admire how in control they are of themselves as a group the dedication to stay with these six guys like to you know to form a brotherhood because at this point i don't know what else to call it i mean yeah it's a business the rammstein industry does roll but man, I mean, you can't do it just for money. These guys are in it because they love it. And it and it shows. It really does. Like musically, the passion that they have for it. I think they needed to take that time off to make sure that it was still there with the 10 years uh, in between albums. And they did it again. Great band. Thank you for letting me listen to it. It was great. And what's your album of the week? Oh, shit. <laughs> How many of your guests forget to do this part? Everybody, every <laughs> single one. I don't. I didn't remember this part because I've been listening to Rammstein. Um, you know what? I'll make it easy. Um, if you have not listened to the Idols record, uh, the last Idols record, which is called "Joy as an Act of Resistance," um, I think you should. Um, another band that is kind of tackling masculinity and the idea of what it means to be a man. Uh, I'm a man. A meon. Uh, Ain't no goddamn uh, woman. And uh, being in, they're from the UK, so kind of being in a world of Brexit and being in a world of uh, leaving the EU and kind of um, nationalism, it is a reaction to that, which is exciting. I mean, I think anytime that you have music, that's a reaction to um, authoritarianism or an ideal of nationalism good or bad like you i think you always need strong musical voices and um you need people making art that really says this is what i think so check out idols uh joy is an act of resistance damn what about you i'm still stuck on that circle back album terminus circle back is the best hardcore band that you've never heard they have a lot of weird cool metal riffing thrown in their album's only seven tracks it's not a huge time investment fucking check out circle back they're awesome josh what's your album of the week i'm going something totally different and not doing an album i'm going out there and saying check out there's a a new version of stairway to heaven from mastodon that i came across this week it was actually better than led zeppelin yeah did you listen to it get the fuck out of here no, they. It was a record store day release. Yeah, or they, yeah, like it that. was like so. Yeah, some some single that they had. They released it for something. I think it was a record store day. Yeah, it is. It is phenomenal. And not. Yeah, it, it, it rivals Led Zeppelin. It's no joke. It's not because it's not a version where it's hey we're play, we're Mastodon we're playing it you know ten speed better like they play at the same tempo as the original but fuck they just sounds it sounds better than Led Zeppelin. It crushes. Yeah, yeah. it really does. When I think of Rammstein, the title track, not the band, the first time I actually had a copy of it was the Lost Highway soundtrack, which led me to a whole lot of David Lynch films, Twin Peaks, The Return, Nine Inch Nails. So for me, my album of the week is the Lost Highway film soundtrack, which was produced and mixed, I believe, by Trent Reznor. 
Yes, yes, and yes. Sounds about right. Matt, can you uh, give me back my phone? No. <laughs> he kept it. He's going to switch you over to a new carrier. Mine now. <laughs> He's going to give that Somebody phone right to... Somebody order something funky. He's going to hand that right over to T-Mobile. That's an entirely different scene when Funky Ken shows up. Here's your outro. <laughs> All right. I got a boogie. All righty. Hey, Dan, if we wanted to talk about other bands, how do we go about that? Well, there's a lot of different ways you can get a hold of us, Josh. You can email us at show at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook on Discography Discussion. We actually have a Facebook group set up for Discography Discussion. If you ask to join it, I will probably approve you unless you're some kind of weird bot sort of Facebook algorithm fucking spawn. But if you're just a normal person, yeah, you're going to fucking get in. We also have a Discord server. There's a link in the show notes. If you click on that, you can join our Discord server and discuss metal with us in real time. There's so many ways you can get a hold of us. Send us listener suggestions. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know how you found out about the show. And please, please, please share the show to all your friends. And on that note, this has been episode 134 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things Discography Discussion. And please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. I'm a patron and I love this show. Thanks, Alex. Gotta go.